Now, on this show, we take much interest and great pride in both supporting and having the opportunity to meet have a bit of a natter and a chat with passionate people and I'm talking about those who care enough to act and who achieve great things as a result. My guest today is Greg Davis. He's the founder of the well-established United Estates of Withinshaw, which is based in Bench Hill and from where they originally took the most troublesome youngsters and they worked in partnership with recognised street leaders after local families came together in an attempt to address the growing influence of youth nuisance, street gangs and spiralling incidents of antisocial behaviour. I'd like to say hello and welcome to the founder of the United States of Withinshaw, Greg Davis. Welcome. Hello Terry and thank you for being the, uh, the invite to be your very first guest on the show mate, it's a great accolade. And the second guest as well. I gather it's been eventful and a bit of an eventful journey for you Greg. I've got three questions to kick us off. Where did it all start? Why did you start it? And I think I know what a recognised street leader is, but perhaps you can elaborate. Recognised street leader is the kid on the estate that will get your bike back when it's been nicked from outside your house or outside the shops, whereas you phone the police and the police can do nothing about him. Or think of any crime or misdemeanour where you would like to phone the police in an ideal world and say, can you get me bike back? And they say, have you got any evidence? Have you got any witnesses? No, we can't. Uh, there's always somebody, and this is right, probably across the world, but certainly in places like Withenshaw in the UK, there's always somebody on that estate that knows somebody that will get your property back. Um, and I would call them community leaders rather than, yeah, street leaders, I think it probably synonymous, same thing. But there's community leaders, there's people of influence on every estate right across the country. And if you can engage with these people, why reinvent the wheel? Right, so why, where did it start and why did you start? Obviously it started in Bench Hill. Where and why? So where, I'm, I'm driving past, we're doing, a, we, we got involved in door security, we're doing a lot of outdoor events, we've done Brighton Reading, we've done the Round Day Leeds concerts. I'm coming back from a Brighton Festival, middle of the day, broad daylight, I'm passing the church on my way home, that was my boiled Sunday school church. And it was a state, it was a scene of devastation. There was a huge gang of kids in the car park. Uh, they're on the roof, they're actively breaking the windows. I mean, it had gone past vandalism, it was wanton destruction. But what gripped me was it's broad daylight, there's adults. What, why was nobody challenging this bunch of kids? But what really punched me right in the face was it's a church and get the pressures on kids, especially now, probably more than then, to be tough, to join the street gangs, to look hard. And there's, there's, uh, a fruit fly in this country it doesn't bite it doesn't sting it's black and yellow looks like a wasp and it's only defense is it looks like a wasp i'm thinking 99 percent of these kids are this fruit fly scenario they don't want to be rough and tough they actually want to be nice activities but their defense mechanism is to join a gang and to be rough and to be tough and it everything kind of overflows from that desire so I'm driving past, I stop my car, I get the bizarre thing was passing the church wasn't even on my way home at that time. I took a, a, a kind of subliminal detour and I really had a rant at the kids. I mean, what got me, but it, lads, it's a church. What are you doing? I mean, this seems like another 20% on top of the activities you normally get involved. Do you know you're smashing up an house of God? Is that, what's, is that on your radar? And uh, one of the kids at the back had kind of, he'd shouted, I'd said to them, as a kind of, right, get off the grounds, I'm going, and I'd said, you know what, you look, why do you look so intimidating with your hoods up and your caps down? And I said, you know what, I'd cross the road to avoid you lot. 
And one of the older kids, and bearing in mind there's about 20 of them, uh, he said to me, would you walk about round here on your own? And I thought, is that where we are in Withenshaw? I'm going back 20 odd years. Is that where we are in Withenshaw? <coughs> that a kid of 15 feels like he's not safe to walk around unless he's in big numbers. And that's a shocking state of affairs. If that's where we are, and that's disgraceful. Right. And very simply, I'll cut a, a, a meandering story a bit shorter. I went to see, we had a week off. We were doing a Dublin festival, actually. Um, and we'd had a week off. I was going home. And I made it a point to see the minister that was in charge of the church. And I said, where are we going? And he said, well, we decided to shut the church. And I said, you're shutting a church on, a, on an estate like Bench Hill. Shut the cinema or shut the post office. You shouldn't be shutting churches down. He said, well, shut him. It's been minuted. There's been attacks on the, per the parishioners. Uh, there's vandalism, as you can see, graffiti. was shut in. And I said, well, give us the building for a year. Let's see if I can get the, the, the bad kids on the inside. And uh, he said yes instantly, and a lesson in life is if you're asking for a lease on a building that's not got a roof on it, and the person in charge says yes instantly, don't take the lease. We took the lease, that was... Don't mm, take the lease. That, we took the lease in 1996, and we're still there. Right. Well, and there's obviously been a lot going on. I read somewhere the overall, the overriding aim to provide a social cultural center cultural center people expand on that expand on that why, why not yes yeah, so when the bbc uh, and the echelons of power the government officials when they talk about diversity they're talking right out of the bums diversity lives in places like withenshaw moston blakely mosside that's where diversity is real not this sanitized it's like when the bbc talks about diversity it's like taking a money like with all its little brush strokes and all its little anomalies and putting it through a, through a computer and then it's sanitised and then it's a beautiful diversity and like diversity is real life it exists in Withenshaw it's real it's us it's what we're about and you look at a map of the country and you've got your Afro-Caribbean centres and you've got your Irish centres your Islamic centres you've got your Pakistani cultural centres it seems to be that every culture gets their own centre that is brilliant do you know what absolutely fantastic let's build more of them but inner cities of culture inner cities I'm, I'm an in my, my background I would describe me as of an inner city culture now inner city culture includes people with black skin white skin gay people straight people men women boys girls it's in, if you're born into an inner city area you take on the characteristics the traits the customs of that area now you look at this map again and, and next to your islamics and your cult your polish and your indian and your irish centers where's the inner city cultural centers where and well, well that's for everybody that's real diversity there's no bars there's no barriers there's a gym there's a music room dance studio there's a little chapel there's a spiritual area why aren't we building inner city cultural centres for people that feel that they are of a, a specific culture, which is in a city? Where are they? So was that so, so was that the aim? That was the thought. That was the thinking behind it. Wow. And the reality was that the people of the estate bought into it because you may or may not know, but because of our particular background of the people that sit on the management team, these street leaders, but I would call them community leaders. It's very difficult to get funding when your background, your pedigree uh, is in a city, basically, in a city culture. Um, is that like another way of saying when you're known to the authority? When you know, when you're, when you raise a red flag every time you put your head above the parapet, yeah, absolutely, yeah, that's, that's probably another way of putting it, yeah, yeah. We could chat more in a minute. Now listen, since we started this show, We've been asking local groups and community projects to let us know their adopted, adopted theme tunes, Greg. Yeah. So, have the United States got an adopted theme? And if so, what is it? We have. 
there's a band in Manchester, mid 80s, right through to the 90s, one of the most underrated bands in the world, a certain ratio, my Mosscrop and uh, Jessica. And they had a track out called uh, Good Together, and everything that was good in my life around the age of 20, 21. Is everything is in that song? So if you play good together, this is this is the theme tune of the United States. Get on there.
together. This is a certain ratio. Is Greg Davis, the founder, and I read somewhere Maverick, Maverick of the United States of Withenshaw. Now, after a seminal street-based conference, so you organised a conference in two thousand and seven. Two thousand seven, yeah. And you brought together gang leaders from right across we did. the we UK. Did. We did. So w was that about replicating the idea of the model that you were rolling out and sharing it with others? I'm shaking my head on that one. I smacked my dummy out in style and we'd, we'd opened, we, we were there already, 207, and I'd done a talk in front of Joseph Roundtree, the uh, social research group, and I said, I'm, I've got this idea whereby you've got the media that are slandering our inner city kids mercilessly, you know, if that was any other culture, if that was a recognised culture, if these were Afro-Caribbean, they were calling us pikeys and chavs and hoodies and feral. And hey, listen, I'm a culture, me, I belong to a culture. And a, 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 the point I'm making is if that was a, a, another culture, you'd have been taken to court. You know, your feet wouldn't have touched the ground. Yet because we're inner city kids, you can call us whatever you want. And that's okay. That's perfectly legal. And um, I, 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 at the same time, there was a bit of um, Ellen's new, Helen Newlove, who now sits as a baroness. Her husband had been murdered essentially by a youth gang. And that was prompting the media to become hysterical. There was a fellow called David Asquith, who was an adult from Stockport, a bit of an horrible story, again murdered by essentially a youth gang. And there was a few, was Fiona Pilkinson, uh, the, the other famous one, the goth girl, but was murdered because she was wearing uh, Lancaster, Sophie Lancaster, uh, again essentially by children, youth gangs, and the, the, the papers were hysterical. And uh, I, I got together with, so every time we worked uh, a concert out of Manchester, they always met the, the, the community lead. let's call them community leaders, that could give us the biggest problem. We worked, we worked all over the place at one time. And I had this real big contact list of people on the estates that were com real, com real community leaders, not your council paid, real community leaders. And uh, I phoned up the Birmingham, there was a group called the Burger Boys, and they were quite famous in the, in the late 90s, one of them had Father life gone over, but anyway, unfortunately, ended up hitting somebody. Uh, Liverpool came, Sheffield came. Uh, we had 50 street leaders right across the country, and the chat was <coughs> in tune with listen, the, the kids on the estates, they're actually searching out hostile street gangs, and the more violent, the better they feel safe. And it's almost replaced the family in terms of a structure where the kids feel safe. Now when that happens, then we've all got problems. You know, if kids are joining street gangs purely to feel safe, then where do we go? You know, where's the next step down? Because it's not up. And um, the conversation, it was a two-dayer. Joseph Roundtree's funded it. I don't, don't think they believe we could pull it off, actually. Joseph Roundtree wrote it up. There's quite an impressive report on the internet, actually. Joseph Roundtree written, not by us, I might add. And um, the end result was, was a result which you very rarely see from a conference, which we actually turned into reality, was what we need is an inner city cultural centre. So yes, you've got cultural centres which looked after the needs, the aspirations, the desires, you know, advocacy, support, advice, all that, you know, all that, which is brilliant. Big thumbs up to that. But inner city kids don't get any of that. And, and that really was the turning point. But we based it strongly. I mean, when I was knocking about working in Manchester, there was a nightclub called the Hacienda. And it was a real huge lesson in life. I mean, the Hacienda was iconic well before its time. I mean, the business plan, there was no business plan. I mean, the plan, there was no plan. But it was very careful not to label itself. So it was a disco, but no, it wasn't a disco. It was a nightclub, never called itself a nightclub. Live music venue, never labelled it. It was the Hacienda. People refer to it almost like I'm going home. Yet there was queues of 200, 300 yards around the corner. So that meant, logically, when you dissect that, 
that the people that went to the Asse didn't go because it's a nightclub or a disco or a light. It, they went for their own reasons. So when we got control of the building we're in, it is a gym, yes, but we never called it a gym. It's a, it's got a very good recording studio, but we never refer. So that means the people that come to our building come for their own reasons. Right. I'm going to give you one more very important lesson we learned. Yeah. In the construction, when we took the building on it, it had been badly vandalised. The, the the kids took great delight in showing me where they'd fractured the gas main at the back, but they'd plugged it so you could go around the back, unplug it and set it on fire and cook sausages on it. And, uh, do you know what? Absolute bloody genius, to be honest. Now, as you go between Manchester to Leeds... I'm life-threatening. Yeah, you, you could say you keep coming on the, the downside of things. Oh, no, you can cook sausages on it. Yeah, so somebody could be set on fire, but that's a minor inconvenience right. compared to you cooking sausages, yeah? Okay. You go from Manchester to Leeds, and there's a farm in the middle of the motorway where the farmer refused to move, so you've got this stretch of motorway and a bloody farm right in the middle Famous of that it. Famous, that farm. Oh, amazing. Farm. Now, just beyond the farm, to give you a landmark... There's a bridge cut between two swathes of, of rock. It's got to be 50 foot up. Fast flowing motorway in both directions, right? As you drive underneath the bridge, somebody's wrote Garanga, be happy, Garanga, right? It's not a Banksy, it's not a Monet, it's not art, it's 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 graffiti, which is illegal. Now, some kid, and I get I, I guess some kid off the estate, got on the bridge, got underneath it, underneath it, 50 foot up, fast flowing motorway, and wrote Garanga. Genius, right? Absolute utter. You did that. What a genius. Now, if you can take that creative form of vandalism and apply the that, that to a construction process, then what could you not do in Withenshaw or places like Withenshaw, inner city estates which have been neglected for years, which are classed as deprived, but even that's external. We didn't put my hand, I didn't put my hand up and go, see us, we're deprived. That's external. That's somebody looking at us and going, you lot are deprived. And then the kids on the estate, yeah, okay, we're deprived. But but what about that creative vandalism? What about the genius that's on the estates that enables kids to do things like fracture a gas main, plug it up, and come back in the night and cook sausages on it? Right. Let me take you back to the street-based conference. So did the other attendees take their, the lessons from that away div and div develop it within their own communities? Fractured it. So where we developed on a multifaceted type front, whereas what I wanted to do was build a forum where people could come in and say, do you know what we need here? An hairdresser's or a dance studio or a ref or I don't know. Uh, uh, what else have we put? A security company. That's what we need here. We've got a gardening service. We've got a window cleaning round. But that's what I wanted it to be. In other words, I wanted to be lazy. I wanted to have this building. I wanted to take the glory. As you, you wouldn't want to take the glory. And we've pulled it off to, to a big degree. But what happened in Birmingham is they've just got a dan uh, sorry recording studio, which I have to reluctantly agree is miles better than ours. I mean, it's producing now. I mean, it, it's it's distributing. So they took the ideas away. They built their own version of any city cut. And don't forget, there's going to be a twist of the cultural dial right across from Birmingham, Birmingham sorry rather their version of culture was based around music at the moment ours is based around the gym so for us the gym is the biggest revenue uh, builder for it brings in the most resources and thank god it does because if it doesn't we wouldn't be there so if it wasn't I mean we're in a position where funding's really difficult for us because of I mean I'm not blind to that um, and if we didn't make some money then unfortunately it wouldn't be there that's that's as simple as it gets yeah. Julian Cope. Smashing. Um, 12 Crazy Farm Animal. It's a bit of a slow way, but I mean, it's very, uh, it's deep. It's deep. I'm going to have a think about what you've just been talking about while we haven't listened to this.
Julian Cope at 12 a Crazy Farm Animals Genius. Um, my guest is Greg Davis, the founder and maverick of the United States. I thought you were going to say my show. guest is a genius there, Teddy. And, uh, well, we'll, we'll, we'll let the listener decide, Greg. <laughs> um, the focus of United States to ensure these days is to help local people to create better opportunities for themselves, would you say? Would you say that's always been the intention? I'd say that was from day one. We'd looked at the landscape of Withenshaw and thought there ain't much going on here. It's that diversity thing, isn't it? I mean, the, the, the people that come into Withenshaw, the regeneration team is exclusively very, very rarely come even from a place like Withenshaw, let alone Withenshaw. I think you've got to grasp the culture. I mean, you wouldn't have... You know, you wouldn't have a load of fishermen or, or dinner ladies looking at a problem with the nuclear power industry. You know, you'd get experts from within the field, obviously, quite clearly. The only place that doesn't happen ever is inner city estates. Anytime any inner city estates got an issue over what inner city estates had issues over, we get a gang of professionals, and I do mean a gang of professionals coming in, advising us on the way we should live. Well, great, let's see. You know, Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. 
The reason why Humpty Dumpty was never repaired because all the, in, all the king's horses had to go up putting him back together before the king's men, if you follow the nursery round to its finish. Well, maybe the king's men should have had the first go. Today, I'm, I'm going to leave the nursery rhymes out of it, only because I can't, I'll have to get my head around what you've just said to me there. Um, you today provide a number of community-led enterprises. We do. There's the gym that seems to lead it, and it seems to be the most attractive, um, the, the, the thing that keeps it on its own. Keeps its, it open, o- open, it keeps us alive, it does. You've got a sound recording studio. Yeah, yeah. When did they settle out? That was it was around the, the, the conference. It was it was about away. We did another conference in two ten, which was a good one as well. We had six hundred people at the second one. It would have been two eight, two oh nine and we set up Manchester Urban Club. We had a single out at the charts. Um Ringtone. Ring, if you Google ring if you go on YouTube and put put in Manchester Urban Collective, we hit the charts, minor my, my, uh, inclusion in the charts. But my passion as it I don't know if it's coming out yet, but music, I mean I was alive and was that my transition between boyhood to manhood, mate, I don't actually I don't want to hate manhood, but it was ten years, it was a good ten year but it wasn't I woke up as a nineteen year old and I had a beard and that don't happen. That didn't happen. It was, I started working as a doorman, taking on Dorsey car. I was 19, it was 86, I'd left school, I was, nine, I was 19. And I, I, I mean, if you've got another six hours, I'll tell you how I fell into Dorsey car, which is a story in itself. And um, I, was still a ch- I was still a young man, I was still a boy. And um, work, work, my first nightclub was a place called Friday's. Oh, yeah. I worked the night there, didn't I? Did a place called Courts in, in Manchester, and then we did Checkers, and that was it, that was the beginning of it. Checkers was like, then I was a doorman then, but I was still very young headed. But I mean, in terms of music, I mean, you know, the swinging sixties, the Mersey Beat, that was nothing. We had Manchester, you know, we had Gunchester, we had Ma- I mean we were spoiled. We were absolutely spoiled. There's so many fantastic bands and musicians coming out of Manchester in the kind of late eighties, eighty six, right through the nineties. We you know, you you had I, I just love if if you're playing music I, I, you've got me as a captive audience and, and, and so the music we've got we've got a couple of bands music we've got kids off the estate that just you got a very good system logic eight and yeah yeah you know if i had to choose a place i liked i mean I, I'm, I'm not going to disrespect the gym users but i like the music room Sounds of quality. So, so, so basically, the studio was an essential, an essential element of it. Yeah, we, we fell into it. I mean, we were approached by. I'm at a meeting in London with Deutsche Bank, believe it or not. And um, this kid comes in. He's he's from the UK Urban Collective. He's the big fella, and he he gets introduced to me. He said, "Have you got any space for a music room?" I said, "I'll find you space." It's like we're doing another place and a fight breaks out and you say, where's the back door? And they say, we ain't got one. And I say, where do you want one? <laughs> I'll find your space. And uh, we just, we found a room similar size to slightly bigger than this place. And um, we boothed it, we soundproofed it. And uh, they come, they, uh, they put the computers in, the software in, installed everything for us, basically at absolute minimal cost to us. Very, very lucky. Brilliant. Lucky in love, lucky in life was. Brilliant. And it left us with a, a very well-equipped sound recording studio, which has been well used. And uh, if I name-check one of the bands that we were associated with, ended up supporting the Stone Roses in the comeback tour. Uh, played to an audience of 40,000. Well, you know, it's not every, every day run of the mill. Now, alongside the, the activities of United States or with Insure, yeah, you're also involved in providing all sorts of... It's a secure base, I suppose, for a number of locally led enterprises. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So you've got the, uh, apparently the world famous Mums Mart. Mums Mart, world famous. Uh, India, um, four African nations under the belt so far. 
the, the mums from the estate go over there pretty much ever, apart from the you know the, the pause with the coronavirus but pretty much every year for the past five years uh, but basically we go over there and nick all their ideas and bring them back over here and claim them as our own. What yeah. Africa, where's that? 3,000 miles away. <laughs> um, we run a market um, and the, the money that comes in. So some of the mums, I mean, you know, just like everywhere, I mean, are so talented. But places like Whippingshot, it's hard to shine a spotlight on them. So we have uh, mums that make uh, baby clothes, which are as good quality as you'd find anywhere in any Marks and Spencers. Cakes, obviously, uh, smelly stuff, candles, you know, all the kind of crafty stuff you'd expect, but of a very high quality. And we put a market on one a month, and uh, the profits go, and we take the kids to Blackpool for the day. We always get a week's holiday. We always go away somewhere nice, Scotland or, see, uh, I don't know, Wales, somewhere nice, with, with uh, 50, 50 of us. Cool. What's Music for Cities? Music for Cities was the outlet. So we had the Manchester, we, we are Manchester Urban Collective, and we had some uh, musicians coming through, and some of the music, you think, that's amazing, you know, who's making that? And it's this 14-year-old kid on his own with a keyboard, this is amazing. So Music for Cities was like the employment agency part of the music, whereby I'd still got a lot of contacts, band on the wall, uh, soup kitchen in town if you've been there, fabulous place if you ain't been there, go, because it's unbelievable, young, young bands, you know, the, the acoustics are brilliant, probably serve a good pint, but I wouldn't know about that, me, Terry. No. No, no, I'd uh, have a glass of orange. Uh, um and the music for cities was an outlet for us to take talent off the estate and put them in front of a live audience um, which ended up with um, us doing Montreal Jazz Festival in 2014 that's uh, again you know something that we just took in our stride when we got the offer to do it we'd gone yeah why not and we took 20 odd youngsters from I think definitely Withenshaw obviously and I think some came from with Martin actually Martin Moscrop who turned out to be uh, from a certain ratio who was the head of music at Manchester College and we got in touch with Martin and he said yeah can I bring some of my youngsters up and we said of course you can you're certainly coming across as somebody that doesn't see anything as a problem but everything as an opportunity the problem there was Shaz my wife had said um, a week before two weeks before we were due to go everything was booked at this point um, the, the venue was but everything was booked and she said tell everybody to take a picture of the passport and text it to you so whenever somebody loses a passport which is inevitable you know me included you've got a, a document you've got a documented passport on your phone great idea contacts everybody how many people did have a passport out of the 20 14 had passports do the maths six and said we're going to switzerland montrose in switzerland <laughs> we're flying we're getting on an airplane probably going to need a passport we ended up in a queue the size of wales in liverpool with six kids who didn't appreciate the fact you needed a passport, a passport to get out of the country to get into switzerland in the longest queue in the world but we found a banksy a real banksy so hey you know hey, it can't be bad listen as a result of all the work you've done you've also helped in the development of all sorts of little mini social little, enterprises little, and businesses yeah, yeah. window cleaning rounds window gardening uh, two 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 uh, hair salons now too yeah gardening services car valeting yeah oh yeah yeah local eateries cafe yeah yeah market stalls market absolutely yeah keep going I might have forgot something. Fitness style boot camps? Yeah. What yeah. Is, that? Uh, is that associated yeah. with the gym and its activities? It, it got well? really big. I'm not sure. Actually, I'm not sure. It was um, military fitness, but it got pretty. He started out in the gym and we managed to get him. We were friendly with a local sign writer, so we managed to get his signs for nothing. And he just started out small. Yeah, military, like a boot camp it was. And a, 
forget the actual name, I'm going back about 10 years, but yeah, he got big, he, 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 he grew a pair of wings and flew off, yeah. Well, it's been a fan, it's, it's a fascinating story. It goes off in all sorts of different angles. I'm sure we could talk for hours and hours. We're going to come back and say ta after this, but this is some candy talking. Oh, yes. Jesus and Mary Jesus Train. Jesus and Mary Train. What's a band? Candy talking there, love it. We're speaking with Greg Davis from the United States of Withinshaw. So today, Greg, the United States of Withinshaw is much more than about just being a community gym. Yeah, it supports individuals and families who deal with poverty, those at risk of homelessness, long-term unemployment, those experiencing alcohol and drug addiction, people with low skills levels, people with physical disabilities and mental health issues, offenders, ex-offenders and those at the, at the risk of lives of crime. Right? Yeah, yeah. Now, would you say that ever-changing approaches, fads, trends, and demographics means that the United States is a constant needs-led community-owned, ever-evolving work in progress? 
I need a, I need a copy of that Teddy because that's spot on that 100%. It's that it's that real diversity thing in it there which changes as you know as, as the mood of the of the country changes. Yeah, it's not the BBC version of it. It's this is the real life version of it. And I think the thing is, I mean, going back to the I mentioned very briefly the 210 conference we did. Now we talked to victims of serious street crime and. Um, we just expected another 5,600 people applied to them, and that's how serious it was to people, you know, that this is what they wanted to talk about. And from there, very briefly, and, and to encapsulate what you've just said, is is you don't wake up in the morning and you're an engineer or you're a plumber. It takes a long process of learning education. A lot of kids react badly to that school-like environment, yet they are socialised into what is gang culture by the age of 10. So from the second conference it came, well, using that, what the kids are familiar with and ironically feel safe, the gang structure, why not develop teams of engineers or gardeners or bricklayers or car valeters using that same structure? You, but they're very familiar with it, you know, it's not something that you've got to teach them. And when we opened the first car valeting, uh, we've had about three or four since then, but we worked it on getting the belligerent gang leader style kid from the state and putting him in charge. It was absolutely fantastic. It just worked from day one, and we did it with a gardening service. We did it with a window cleaning round, using the structure of the gang that the kids are familiar with. Yet we pulled it off. Yet you try putting that on some kind of grant funding application form. Let me tell you, forget it, forget <laughs> it. Listen, it's been a delight to talk to pleasure, you. Pleasure, pleasure. Thank you for popping in to to, um, to say hello and have a chat with us. Oh, my pleasures are mine. Um, if you want to find out more, I'm sure we could. You've got a website. We've got a coffee machine that's always on the go and a biscuit barrel that's always full. Come and see us. Just a couple of stories to chat through with you before you go. These are very, very quick ones. So you come into contact with Swampy. Yes. The world famous environmentalist. Absolutely. In, in the farm days, yeah. Fantastic. Tyson Fury used to train every Saturday as, morning as a 12, at your gym. He did. And the family, actually. We know the family from Canada days. We were working in the endorsement yard. So we, we were for, but when we lived on the farm, he was our next neighbour. Brilliant. David Cameron. Came to Seals, yeah, yeah. Became our patron for a while. But you know who our patron is now, don't you? Peter Hook. Godfather of Manchester Rock. Greg Davis, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Pleasure's all mine, Sally. <laughs>